Kama Sujevsky. Today's date is July 23rd, 2007, and the time is 4.55 p.m. Statement is taking place at the Cheshire Police Department headquarters, 500 Highland Ave, Cheshire, Connecticut. Those present are myself, which is Detective Joseph Vitello of the Cheshire Police Department, Detective Rafael Medina of the Central District Major Crime Squad of the Connecticut State Police, and Joshua Kamasajewski. Joshua, would you please spell your first name? J-O-S-H-U-A. And your middle initial? A. And your last name? Spell it, please. K-O-N-I-S-A-R-J-E-V-S-K-Y. And your birthday? 81080. Your address? Your home phone? And cell phone if you have one. And where you get your DOV. Do you know where you are right now? The Cheshire Police Department. Do you know why you're here? Uh, for a uh, home invasion gone terribly wrong. Okay. Joshua, how many years education do you have? Uh, high school and college. Did you get your diploma from high school? Yes. Okay. And you have some college? Yes. Okay. And you understand and can read and write English? Yes. Okay. Now, Joshua, when you came in a little while ago and we started talking to you, we read you a notice and waiver of rights, which is your constitutional rights. That's correct. You read those rights. You signed those rights, you initialed those rights, and you did it in two separate locations, one acknowledging that you read your rights and you understood them, and a second in which you waived your rights to an attorney and you wished to speak to us. Is that correct? That's correct. And did you, did that, did you do that freely and, and willingly on your part? Yes. Okay. Do um, you have any questions on that? No. Okay. That form's in front of us, and it's, and it's been signed by you, Detective... Medina and myself. Okay, and we've, we've briefly discussed this incident, and you started to give us a written statement, and um, you probably got maybe into one page, and at that point, we discussed that if you would like to give us a taped, audio taped statement, and you agreed to that, correct? That's correct. And that's a decision you're comfortable with? That's correct. Okay, now in your written statement, we had you stop and we had you write that um, you you wanted to go from the written form to the tape form, correct? That's correct. Okay, now the written form's in front of us. You 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 have ended that statement and signed it. Now we're going to begin the, the tape statement. We're going to go over the, uh, the entire incident from the start. And we have your name and so forth, so let's go back to the beginning and this is your statement, so you stated you had met up with this other fellow. Yeah, uh, Stephen Hayes. Okay. And then we, we discussed yesterday you you started around afternoon time, I guess, and you started to tell us 
what transpired that you went to Stop and Shop in Cheshire. That's correct. To meet a contractor. Yeah, to meet a con to receive payment on uh, uh, from a contractor that I have done work for. Okay. On that day. So let's go from there and go over the whole the whole statement that you were going to put in writing. Uh, at that uh, at that point, I had uh, so well, at what time? Um, so six o'clock ish or so. In the evening. In the evening. I had uh, I was waiting for a contractor uh, to make payment, and uh, while waiting, I saw a mother and a daughter walk into a to uh, the stop and shop. Noticed that they were driving a very nice vehicle. And didn't really think much of it at the time. Um, it was the contractor had shown up, and uh, we were discussing business and, and making payment. Uh, at which point, uh, about 15 minutes later, the mother came back out uh, with the daughter and tied in their car, uh, as the contractor was also driving off. Where we had completed our transaction. Um, for whatever reason, I chose to follow the mom and the daughter um, to their house and saw that they lived in a very nice house, um, very nice car. And thought it would be nice to be there someday. Not have to worry about financial problems and stress and all that that goes with it. Throughout the day, uh, uh, Mr. Hayes has been calling me, um, wanting to go up and discuss options on how we can come up with some money fast, um, whether it be legally or illegally obtained. Um, that evening, uh, I had spent uh, the rest of the I spent the rest of the evening with my daughter. Um, we just recently come back from a one-week vacation with her grandparents and I haven't seen her a little over a week, so stayed home and spent some time with, with her and put her to bed. About 10 o'clock rolled around, uh, I uh, made a decision to go out and, and meet up with uh, Mr. Stephen Hayes in uh, Stavage Hot Plaza. Um, from there we sort of, uh, he got into my vehicle and we drove around for a while trying to come up with with uh, ideas of, of what we could do to uh, make money and make money quick. Did, did he drive there in a, in a vehicle somebody dropped him off? Uh, he, he drove in his boss's truck. Which is? A red, a red Chevy. And where did he, did he leave that at the stop shop parking lot? He left at the stop shop parking lot. He got in your vehicle. He got in mine. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, so from there, you know, we were driving around talking about ways to, to score money and in different contracts and, and, and jobs we can maybe do. And, Nothing really seemed to, to be fast enough um, to meet uh, our looming debts and, and 
obligations and uh, the conversation in turn to uh, the possibility of maybe illegally obtaining um, cash uh, quickly. Um, one of which of the ideas was uh, maybe um, come upon people taking money out of ATMs and catching by surprise or, or possibly somebody coming out of a bar late at night. The, uh, neither one of those uh, ideas panned out. We just sort of aimlessly drove around instead, um, at which time uh, I had recalled uh, that I had seen this lady driving a very nice car and knew where her very nice house was and had made mention of that to um, Mr. Hayes and the possibility of them having money in the house uh, might be uh, fairly decent. So we made our way back, uh, over to the house and parked uh, on their street and around the corner a little ways out of sight. Don face mask and put on rubber gloves and, and uh, walked down the sidewalk to their house. Could you describe those face masks for us, what, uh, what they may have looked like? Um, it was sort of, we were really doing it on on the fly. There was no planning involved or anything, so I used, I, I had no hat or anything, so I used a old furniture and cut the walls and just sort of tied it around my face. And in the strays that used a work hat that he had, he just pulled down over his face and put two holes out of her eyes. Just a bit really okay. Were you carrying any weapons at that point? Did you have anything on you illegal? I uh, was not carrying a weapon at that point. Um, Mr. Hayes had a, uh, a pellet, a handgun, pellet gun, or PB gun. They had purchased uh, at Walmart Southington. When, when did you purchase that? He had actually uh, made purchase of that the day prior, I believe it was, to the sense. Were you with him when he purchased it? Uh, I was in the store with him. It was the Walmart in Southington. In, in Southern did you pay cash? Um, he went up to the teller and paid uh, cash, yes. Okay. So now you, you approach the house. Um, no other weapons? No other weapons, no. no. Um, we approached the house and uh, went around back to see who was, you know, any lights on or anyone was awake. Um, at which point we noticed that the father was uh, sleeping downstairs um, in the sunroom. Which is where? In front of the house side? It's, it's in the, the back of the house. Okay. Um, we continued to, to do a walk around of the house, checking windows and doors, uh, all of which were uh, locked, uh, until uh, we came to the billful door, the rear of the house. Um, it went down to the basement, which was unlocked. I opened it and proceeded down the steps and to find out that the door into the basement itself was also unlocked. Um, 
What time do you think this is now? In the morning. In the morning. Okay, so you're, and now you're inside the, the, the residence. Actually, it actually might be a little bit later. It might be closer to like two thirty or quarter of three. Okay. Um, I had uh, mentioned that I didn't think that I would be able to take on the father alone and Steve had mentioned that uh, he didn't think he could creep through the house quietly enough to get up close to him uh, and mentioned that maybe I should find a bat or an object of similar weight uh, to bother with and to incapacitate him temporarily um, so that we could tie him up. Um, so I went we proceeded down into the basement and uh, happened to find a, uh, a baseball bat leaning on the stairs leading up into the kitchen. Um, I took that bat and I went up the stairway slowly made my way through the, the dinette area uh, to the doors uh, leading into the, uh, the sunroom where the father lay sleeping. Um, at which point I, I just stood there um, for a good 15 20 minutes and I was standing behind him um, his bat and not wanting to hit him, not, not thinking that I, I, I could. I could see Mr. Hayes in the window uh, motioning to, to strike him and get it over with and get it done so that we can move on. And, uh, did you strike him? I did. Okay. And can I have to tell us where and how many times you struck this man? I hit him in the head with a baseball bat and he let off this, this unworthy scream. Just, I couldn't take the scream. I've, I've never hit anybody in the head with you know, it anything. You know, with a baseball bat. And I, uh, I just kept hitting him. And, so he finally backed up into the corner of the couch and, and quieted down and was just staring at me with wide open eyes. Just sheer confusion. Was he bleeding? Yeah, bleeding uh, profusely. Okay, so when he's on the couch curled up and what happens? Um, Mr. Hayes was now tapping on the the door window to my right uh, mentioned uh, motioning for me to unlock the door. Um, uh, I gathered myself and unlocked the door and he came in and we argued for a minute as to who was going to, to tie him up. Um, at which point we, we both uh, ended up uh, tying him up. Uh, 
his bay, his tied his hands, and, and I tied his feet. I sat him on the couch. Um, I had seen a, uh, a cotton rope uh, similar to uh, what you would use to hang clothes for a clothesline uh, sitting on the top of the stairs, uh, leading up to the kitchen and uh, retreat that could have been two foot lengths roughly uh, to find hands and feet with. Tied his hands and feet, or I tied his feet. So he's tied his hands and then I was sat on the porch and out on the porch of the couch and asked us quietly what our intentions were, what we wanted. And I replied that we were simply here for money. Once we have a, we came up before that we we be out of you know we we be gone. Um, I had asked if there was anybody else in the house and how many. The um, homeowner uh, mentioned that there that the three women were upstairs. Um, at which point, Mr. Hayes and I uh, proceeded up the stairway. He would be leaving on he was the bat and both of us would rope beneath the cookies of the rope. So we passed the first daughter's room on the left hand side and uh, went down the hallway uh, to the master bedroom um, where we were going to subdue the mother first and then the two children. Uh, only to find out that uh, one of the youngest daughters was had actually fallen asleep with mom watching TV in the master bedroom. Uh, Mr. Ayn and I uh, walked into the room and uh, I to the uh, daughter's side of the bed and Mr. Ayn to the mother's side of the bed, uh, at which point Mr. Ayn put his hand over mom's mouth and shook her gently uh, awake and I did. I followed suit with the youngest uh, daughters. Um, they both had woken up. Um, they were very confused as to what was going on, but very compliant. Um, and told to, to roll over on their stomach, put their hands behind their back. And so we tied their hands and feet. Um, and we then left the room and proceeded back towards uh, the daughter's room that we had passed. Um, and walked in. And uh, Mr. A stood over uh, the oldest daughter with the handgun and I uh, shook her gently awake. Uh, she was a little, you know, more than a little surprised uh, about what was going on. Uh, asking what we wanted and please not to hurt her. At which point I explained to her that we weren't in her or we were just here for money and that we'd be on our way. Um, and she said, okay. When asked to roll over on her stomach, did her friend be on her back? She did so. 
but they weren't tied to anything at that time. That's right. Okay. Aside from them being tied up and the father being injured, no one else at this point was injured? That's correct. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Hazel is continuing to, uh, to rifle around the uh, bedroom for some time to come. I was getting a little annoyed at the amount of noise that he was making. Uh, I had locked eyes with the, the youngest daughter. I was kind of taken back by how calm she was being, um, and she had this look of, like, like she understood, like, 
tying one wrist and looping it. Uh, the only problem with, with hers on her, pit, or her top headboard was she didn't have a crossbar, so we had to tie um, her wrist together and then loop it onto the, the bed posts. The inner legs um, tied both of them uh, and looped it around the lower bed post. So she was tied differently than the, than the younger child? She was laying. She was tied in the same position, just uh, modified. The, the knot. A different method? Yeah. Okay. Um, we then went downstairs um, and asked the father for his keys to his vehicle. Um, we couldn't find them because stuff was scattered all over the place. Um, so Steve went back upstairs and asked the mother where her keys were. Um, he found them and uh, came back downstairs and uh, uh, he went out on uh, the uh, sunroom uh, back door and got into the mom's vehicle and I went down into the basement and out the uh, basement local hatch door. Um, and walked in the opposite direction to where my van was parked. And your van is a what? Um, a red Chevy uh, Venture. And that was parked out in the street? It was parked out in the street around the corner. Okay. Do I need cell phone playlist? I had, uh, oh yeah, um, Steve and I had taken all of the, uh, the cell phones and all the uh, portable phones and had um, put them in a central location so we could keep track of where the phones were. You're referring and to the family's phones then? The, the family's phones. Okay. And you did that for what purpose? Um, so that nobody would make any phone calls, you know, without us knowing about it. Okay. Um, now, is everyone in the house restrained at this point, or just just clarify that for us? So you, you got the mom and the younger daughter tied and restrained to their beds. That's correct. And what about the other daughter? Um, well, the other daughter was also restrained to, to her bed. To her bed in her own bedroom. In her own bedroom. And the father's still downstairs in the sunroom, leaning on the couch. He's, he's tied, but not restrained to the couch. Okay. So um, go ahead. For whatever reason, um, we, we didn't. You didn't restrain him? We didn't restrain him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we, we left. Stephen in mom's car, me in my car, um, we drove down um, Mountain Road. Did you leave the father in that sunroom? Yes. Okay. So you're, you're driving, you go get your car, Steve takes mom's, what was that? Um, it's, it's a sport utility, like a sportier. It's like an SUV? Kind of, except like one of those uh, crossbreeds between a car and an SUV. Okay, you remember the color? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, um, so Steve drives, you drive, where do you go? Uh, we went down Mountain Road. Uh, we, my original plan was to park my vehicle at Sobbin Shop, uh, but Steve thought that was too far away, so I, I instead um, passed Steve. Uh, on Mountain Road and pulled into uh, a condo complex across the street 
from West Main Street when you come to the end of Mountain. Any particular reason you pick that? Uh, I just figured if I parked in one of the visitor parking spots and wouldn't be known as one of them. No one would be hiding in plain sight. Okay. Um, I got out of my vehicle, locked it, and um, as uh, Steve turned around and came back, and I got into Mom's car with Steve uh, and drove back to the house. Uh, we had gotten into an argument on the way back to the house about um, his speed, um, because I knew that the Cheshire PD uh, patrolled Mountain Road uh, for speeders uh, on the regular. So you didn't want to get stopped in the Yeah, we didn't want to get stopped when we went back to the house. And okay. Well, that wasn't ours. Okay. So now you're back at the house in, in, in the homeowner's vehicle. Yes. And you go back into the house. We enter from uh, we enter the house from the sunroom back door where the father is still sitting on the couch. Okay. Uh, he had asked if you know, the, the women were all right, and uh, I responded by um, reassuring him that they were fine, they were behaving themselves, and uh, that everything would be fine. Okay. Uh, so, Steve, uh, Tromping around the house and looking through stuff and whatnot. I went upstairs. Sort of sat with the youngest daughter. Okay. Um, I noticed that she was, since being separated from her mom um, from earlier, um, she was a lot more. Um, she was a lot more stressed out than, than she was. Um, earlier, okay. Um, was sweating profusely um, on her bed. Um, I went back downstairs and got her a glass of water and brought that back up to her. Uh, and tied her hands and uh, let her have something to drink. Um, the speaking bag that she used as a bedspread and the top sheet I uh, took off and threw it off to the side. Because uh, they were soaking wet. Okay. Uh, and then when she was done with the glass of water, I let her lay back down without tying her hands uh, so that she was a little more comfortable. Okay. Uh, I felt comfortable not tying her up because she was very well behaved. Uh, I'm very compliant. Anything occurred? No. Did you have time with you and her? No, we just. Uh, Talked a lot about you know, music and, and whatnot. And I would be periodically to go check on the older sister and, and uh, the mother and the father. Okay. Um, so things are pretty status quo at this point in the house. You guys are still yeah, just I mean, buying time? Yeah, we're buying time. Uh, Steve and I were nipping at each other a little bit because the stress level was very high. And, I've never done anything uh, like this with anybody else. I was very uncomfortable uh, with the situation. And um, I just felt very out of control the whole thing. Um, so 
stress was starting to build between Steve and I. All right. So where are we time-wise? What time do you think we're at? Well, uh, this is probably about five o'clock-ish, five thirty. Five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there is definitely light outside. So to get light. Okay. At that point, we realized that we had to get the father out of the sunroom um, because it was getting so light and the potential of being high, vis uh, high visibility into that room. Um, we didn't want anybody to, to see him um, tied up in, with a towel on his head. Right. <laughs> you were afraid somebody could see into the house and see yeah. it was her room. Whatever. Yeah, so we uh, tied his feet and, uh, and asked him if he, uh, if he was able to, to walk down to the basement. Uh, he said he, he was able to, uh, and I helped him you know, get up. He was a little dizzy. Um, but he walked over to the basement stairs and made his way down the steps and down into the basement. Okay. Um, we were going to have him lean up, uh, sit down in the middle area of the basement and lean up against one of the uh, concrete lolly columns. Mm -hmm. um, he was uh, a little shaky from uh, what I can only assume was, was shock from losing blood. Um, he wasn't making, he wasn't bleeding as bad as he was. Uh, it had slowed towel. Okay. So I went upstairs and grabbed one of the big uh, cushions off the couch and so that he could sit on that instead of the cold concrete uh, floor. And they got another pillow for his back against the body home. Did you tie him back up? Yeah, we, I retied re his feet um, while Steve uh, stood over the two of us uh, with the big gun. Was he assaulted again? He was not. No, he was not assaulted for the rest of the evening. Just okay. uh, that one time. Just the beginning? Okay. Um, so he's back downstairs. He's restrained. Is he tied to the lolly column? No, he wasn't um, tied to the lolly column. He was just sitting there. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so we went up, uh, back upstairs. Um, he had just Rummaging around, he, he did do some cleanup in the, in the center of Steve. Okay. The table was knocked over, and there was some blood on the tile floor, so he threw a blanket over it. Um, and and threw us right over the couch. There was blood on the couch. Okay. So somebody looked in the window there, and there was some blood all over the place. Um, I went back upstairs to check on the two daughters. Came from downstairs with Dad, with Steve. You retied him. You moved him because you're worried about daylight. You said. Yeah. You re then you came up. You took care of some blood in the sunroom. Yeah. Now you're back upstairs. You said you went back upstairs to check on the other yeah, all the females that were restrained. They're still restrained in the same spot that they were before you went and moved the cars and whatnot. We had uh, yeah, we had uh, still in their their beds. 
we are also or Steve are proud of the point about what they did for work and whether or not they need to be somebody needed to call in to sing for them. Yeah. Um, so Steve went in down to the basement and asked the father um, when he needed what time he needed to be to work and who needed to be called um, to be let informed, you know, that he was going to be late. Um, I went to the mother and, and asked her um, what uh, time she needed to be in to work, and she uh, uh, replied saying that she was a, uh, a teacher and that uh, she was off in the summer, so it was an issue. Um, the father, on the other hand, is a, a doctor, uh, apparently, and he to make, he didn't have to be in the office until 8.30, but he needed to make rounds at the hospital around 7, so he was expected to be somewhere at 7. Um, he had made mention that um, of a supervisor's name um, that we uh, have his wife contact in his head, saying that he wasn't feeling well you know, at a later time. Okay, was that call made? Uh, that call was made. Um, we, Steve and I went upstairs and untied the, the mother from her bed um, and had her come um, on the way down uh, downstairs. Um, she had asked if she could uh, peek into uh, both children's uh, rooms uh, just to make sure that you know, both daughters are fine. And, I was fine with that, and it sort of helped reassure uh, KK as well. Um, that was KK? Uh, KK is the youngest daughter, the one that I was spending time talking to. Okay. And we went downstairs uh, with the mother and had her sit on the love seat in the living room um, where I uh, retired her her feet in um, her hands, and um, Steve went to scrounge uh, up the uh, portable phone, the house phone, um, which was in the kitchen. Okay. Um, got that, came back over, and um, gave the phone to her, um, but she couldn't dial it, so because <laughs> her hands were tied, so I untied her hands again. Um, and so she made the phone call. I was sort of, I had then gone and like posted up in the kitchen, just sort of you know, looking around um, out, out the windows and just you know, overseeing different uh, entry points in the house. While Steve uh, was uh, with the mother, uh, like, as a phone calls. So we called the father off the work. When that was done, Steve had uh, called me over to tie her hands back up. Um, he put the phone back in the kitchen and uh, he uh, had thanked her that she did a good job doing that. Okay. Uh, at that point, Steve was feeling a lot more comfortable about the mother going into the bank and withdrawing uh, the $15,000 that we had originally thought of, the number that we had originally come to. Okay. Um, In what bank were you planning on doing this at? Uh, 
The original plan was to have the Bank of America and Waterbury. The Waterbury? That was my understanding. Okay. But it'd be better that be that than you think that was familiar with her. Okay. I noticed that she was in the streets. Okay. So at this point, now, um, you had checked, you had allowed mom to check the bedrooms, and those children were, the, the two female daughters were tied, but not harmed, no. fully clothed, yeah, there was no, no issues. No, no, no issues okay. at all. Okay. Go on. Um, we still had several hours ago, it was only about 6.30, quarter or 7 at that point. Um, daylight. Yeah, it was definitely daylight outside. Um, I was getting annoyed when Steve began because there weren't that many shades downstairs. He was constantly walking back and forth across windows. Um, I got to the point where I was getting so frustrated that I just went back upstairs again to go check for the daughters. And again, uh, struck up a uh, conversation with the KK. Uh, had her some more water. She had needed to go to the bathroom, so. I had untied her and uh, allowed her to use the bathroom in the master bedroom okay. um, when she was done. Um, she came back into a room um, where I then restrained her feet, but you know, allowed her, her hands be as before previously. Um, I also went to go give some water to the oldest daughter, but she uh, wasn't really that thirsty, um, which was fun. I was uh, starting to get her get down to crunch time. Crunch time meaning the uh, yeah. we had we had uh, we were thinking of you know Steve leaving with the mom at about eight forty five because the bank closed at, at nine. And uh, so we thought 845 would be a good time to leave. It was one of the big water period. It take about 20 minutes to get there. So. Okay. So everything's still where we are. As far as no one's injured other than the father. We're, yeah. You guys are biding time till the 9 o'clock uh, when you think you should go to the bank. Window, yeah. Mom had already called Dad in. Uh, her husband into her mom, one of the adult. Two of the audio tape statement of Joshua. Thomas Ujewski, which I have just flipped over. Okay, Josh. Um, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> during, during one of the times that uh, I was sitting in the bedroom with KK, um, Steve had come in and uh, had motioned for me to follow him into the office um, where the occupants of the house could over here is talking. 
and said that uh, we were going to need gasoline. Um, and I was surprised uh, that gasoline was even a factor in what was going on here. We were just supposed to get the money and get out. And he was going on and on and on about DNA and, and even the drop of spread or uh, a hair falling off your head uh, was enough to put us in jail because we were going to have our DNA on, on record. Um, he had first mentioned that um, that we would take the occupants of the home with us uh, in their vehicles uh, and leave the house burning uh, their way. Um, I was a little stunned and perplexed about the whole situation. And he went back downstairs uh, and I went back into AK's um, room. About 15 minutes later, Steve came back and motioned for me to go back into the office with him. And again, ranting and raving about DNA. And he was mad at me because I had, on several occasions, accidentally used his name in front of um, the occupants of the house. Um, and but I said, you know, we gotta kill him. You know, we gotta what? We gotta kill him. Kill him? Yeah, kill the, the, the family and the person I was down on top of them. Um, that, was, that was not the plan. That was, that I'm, I'm not killing anyone. You know, it's just, that's not how it's going down. Like, we were here simply for the money, get in and get out. You know, it's almost 9 o'clock. You know, why, why are you bugging out now? You know, you, I was, and I had gotten on his case, if he was so worried about DNA, why was he walking around without his gloves on now? He had removed his gloves? Yeah, he had removed his gloves, and I was like, you know, what are you doing? Why did he do that? I don't know. I'm not sure. But he, at this point, he no longer has gloves on? He had no longer had gloves on. You still do? And I, I had gloves on the entire time. Are your masks still on your heads? Um, sometimes. Um, we Sometimes we'd fold it up um, so that we could pull it down at a moment's notice. Um, we had put... Um, pillowcases over the occupants' heads. Um, yeah. yeah, so that they couldn't see us. Um, when did you do that? Um, we had done that um, after um, after we had split them up and then come, came back from the car ride because um, it was getting a little it was diff a little more difficult to be walking around the house with these very awkward you know, face shields that we come up with on the fly. So you covered their faces because you wanted to uncover your face? Yes, correct. Yes. Okay, were you trying to suffocate them at that time? No, not at all. You were just trying to prevent them from seeing you? Exactly. But at this point, other than you slipping with using Steve's real name, mm -hmm. they really couldn't identify you facially because you were pretty much concealed? Yeah. Okay. I was very confident that they would be able to, to be able to, you know, recognize us. Okay. So, um, go ahead. As far as like the suffocation point, um, or the suffocation thing, the pillowcases, uh, like when we put it over, like I made a point to like roll up, roll it back up, like put it over their head, but then roll it back up. Did you just cover um, their eyes? So it was just covering their eyes, not their nose and mouth. Okay. 
just, it does get hot and humid. And no wonder it's dog fish, sure. I'm sure. Especially when you're stressed. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So, uh, so you were up to almost 9 o'clock where oh, he's starting to bug out on you. He's starting to feel the pressure about leaving the house with mom and then having to lose sight of the mom while she went to the bank alone and he ends in the parking lot. Um, so things are getting a little tense uh, between the two of us. Uh, now, what, what, how did your conversation about killing the family end? He just walked away like it was a statement. It wasn't a conversation. It was a, it was a statement. Okay. You know, that's how it was going to be. You know, and that's that. Okay. Um, in my mind, that's it's simply not an option. It okay. just isn't. Um, Did you voice that song? I, I had made mention um, that you know I'm not killing anybody. You know that's I don't I'm not going to. Um, in senior care or medicine or whatever, I'm focused on going to this drop in the next you know, 10 15 minutes. Okay. Um, just, just to back up a little bit, when he uh, at first mentioned um, about burning the house down, um, he had gone down to the garage mm-hmm. and taken a bunch of bottles of, one gallon bottle, bottles of uh, Mitchell Wiper fluid Okay. And uh, drain those into the kitchen sink. Uh, I heard the, the chugging of something being drained in the sink. I went downstairs to, to see what he was up to this time. And uh, again, he had said, you know, I'm going to go get gas. I'm going to use mom's car. I'll be back. <laughs> so he, at this point, he drains the bottles and he's going to go get gas. With the bottles. Which he does, in fact, do taking mom's car, leaving you home with, with everyone else. With everybody else. Leaves me with everybody and just takes off. Okay, what time do you think that was? Um, well, the drop was at 9, or the pick was at 9, so this was probably about 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Where do you think he went? Well, he didn't, he didn't say where he was going to get it. Um, I was assuming he was probably going to go to the gas station or at the because it's right there. Right. Um, but he somehow managed to end up over on Main Street heading towards Richard Chevrolet and called me asking if there was a gas station up there. I was like, well, where are you? He's like, I just passed Richard Chevrolet. I was like, well, your next gas station is in Little Southington. Okay. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I'll find one closer and, and hung up, but then called back you know, 15, 20 minutes later said, how do I get back to Cheshire from Waterbury? <laughs> so he's calling you saying he's in Waterbury. Yeah. Did he have the gas then? He apparently had the gas and was on his way back. Okay. Uh, when he had gone back to the house, uh, he had uh, four of those containers uh, filled with gas. Filled with gasoline, uh, which he put in the garage. Put in the garage, meaning he put them down in the garage or he yeah, poured he, them out? No, he, he put them uh, down in the garage. Okay. Uh, from the kitchen. You were in the kitchen. Yeah. Or the dinette kitchen area. 
And there's no one else down there with you, though, correct? Everyone else is upstairs in the bedrooms or downstairs in the basement? No, Mom, Mom is downstairs. Mom is downstairs. Yeah, she's sitting on the, uh, the Tuluxi. So Mom has been down there the whole time since she made that call for Dad, for her husband from, to from go that, to work Yeah, with. from that point on, she was downstairs for the remainder of the time. Okay. Tied, but not restrained. Tied, but not restrained. Okay. Not a, you know, not a, like I had made mention before, our original day was quarter of nine. Um, that didn't happen because we made a you know, detour and planned and yeah. got back later and things took longer. He, had, he also wanted to make a bunch of phone calls to uh, um, the Bank of America. He calls uh, 411 uh, to get their number okay. um, using the, the home phone warning. Um, he basically wanted to get and ask, you know, somebody at the branch what he needed specifically uh, to withdraw a large amount of, a large sum of money from one's own account. Okay. Uh, in general, he was speaking in generalities to them. Are um, we going to? Um, however, he couldn't get through because it wasn't out of pocket, yet, so there wasn't a bank, so they could refer you to an 800 number, which was an automated system. Okay. So you never actually made contact with the bank? No, he was very frustrated about that. Um, so finally he was like that with it. Okay. And uh, got mom ready and uh, the two of them got in the car. Um, Did he untie her? Yes. Completely? Completely, yeah. So her hands and feet are no longer tied? Yeah, she, she's, she's in the, the car with him heading to the Bank of America that's in Waterbury. That's Okay. I believe she was driving the car. Okay. Uh, so they left uh, at about 9 o'clock. Um, I went down to check on Dad. Um, he was still sitting downstairs fine. Um, I had gone upstairs and I checked on the older sister. Um, she had needed to go to the bathroom, so I untied her and let her go to the bathroom and retied her in the same position that she was in. Okay. Um, asked her if she wanted water, and she said no. Um, and then went into Peggy's room and uh, again sat down and we were talking about um, just you know, this shit, I guess, you know, just the past time. And how old do you think KK is? Uh, between 14 and 16, okay. And the other sister you thought was how old? Um, between 18 and 19. Okay, so KK, uh, obviously she told you her nickname or whatever is KK, or you made that up? No, that's the date that both her sister and her mother uh, referred to her okay. as. Okay. Um, so you're so talking to KK about just general things? Yeah, like school and summer plans and stuff like that, or okay. what her summer plans are. Obviously okay. not mine, okay. you know. And, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, I ended up having, or performing oral sex on, on KK. You performed oral sex on KK? On okay, KK. Okay. Did you do that while she was tied? Uh, yes. Was it against her will? Her, her hands were tied, but her feet weren't. Was it against her will, or is it something you talked her into? 
how did that come? Uh, it, it started off as against her will, um, and like she wasn't like resisting or anything, so I just kept doing it. Yeah. Okay. And did she reciprocate to you? Uh, no. Um, I, after about five minutes or so, um, she, uh, I had let her get dressed again, but before she did that, she uh, asked if she could take a shower, uh, and asked her bedroom shower, okay. uh, which I was fine with. Now, you said you let her get dressed again. How... How is it she came upon being undressed? Because you originally said she was dressed. Yeah, I had, uh, I used a pair of scissors and I cut her, her shirt off and her skirt off. Was that for the purpose of having sex with her, or was there another reason you did that? For the purpose of having sex. Okay. Um, My, well, like I didn't, my purpose wasn't to have like actual like sex with her, just oral sex. So you're saying you didn't have intercourse with her? That's correct. Did you perform the oral sex, is what you said? Yes. But you would cut her clothes off for that purpose? Yes. Okay. Did you take pictures of her? Uh, I did, yes. With? Uh, my camera phone. Camera phone and your cell phone? Yes. Okay, so you okay. Go ahead. So then you let her take a shower in the master bedroom. Be uh, cold. Or I. It's okay. She was. Uh, she still had her pillowcase um, on her head. Uh, Are you performing oral sex upon her? Her her face was still covered. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I had ejaculated on her stomach. That's why she wanted to take a shower. Okay, you ejaculated on her stomach while you were performing oral sex no, after? After the fact. By what method? Uh, in my hand. Okay. With your hand? Yes. She did. You did no, not force her to do that to you. You no, did. It. Okay. I did it up okay. So then, that's why you allowed her to take a shower. Yeah. Okay. Um, I asked her if she wanted to take a shower. She's like, yes, please. Yes, please. Um, Did you let her take a shower without the pillowcase? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> recover your face at that time? Uh, I recovered my face. So she still had never seen you at this point? That's correct. Okay. Um, so she went to a shower and when she was done, uh, she came back in her room and I stepped out of her room so that she could get dressed. Okay. Uh, and I went and checked on her older sister. Then I started to go downstairs. Uh, to go and check on the father, realizing that he was all the way in the basement and the KK wasn't restrained at all. Um, so I sort of backed up and stood outside the hall until she was done and we came in. And, uh, she sat down, back down on the bed and I retied her feet. So she no longer, her face is not covered at this point, but yours is, so she can't yeah. see you still, so you yeah. retire. I retire, and okay. I left her, her pillowcase off as well. You did? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the only thing at that point was, retired was just her feet. Did you restrain her back to the bed? Her feet were. 
That's not her hand, so. Her feet were tied to the bed. To the bed. So she couldn't get up and walk out. No. Okay. Go ahead, so. I then went downstairs to check on the father. Um, and yet during this whole time, uh, Steve kept calling me and giving me updates about where they were and what they were doing. Okay, so while you're having sex with the youngest girl, performing normal sex and so forth, Steve and the mom are still out to the bank. Yes. And you check on the older daughter, did you have any sexual relations with her? No, I didn't. So they're still out now. He's calling you for what reasons? Uh, more of uh, his conversation was weird because it was more like he was having a conversation with himself. Um, okay. Like he was he was talking like he was talking to me. However, it was it was more a show for, or it came across as you know, more of a, a show for him. For the mom. What was he saying? Um, things like, you know, you know, so far everything, everything's going well, and and uh, she knows very. He's like, she knows very, very. She's very well aware of the, of the fact that you know, she needs to comply, or things can go very badly. Um, so he's on his way to the bank, trying to convince her to yeah, it seemed, take some money. Yeah, it seemed more like he was trying to convince her than. Than updating me about anything. Okay. Did he ask you? Did he ask you at that time anything about the pictures? I recall you said something about a picture. Um, no, I, I, those were my own personal use. Okay. So he didn't ask you to send him that picture. You took those pictures for yourself. Those. Okay. Okay. So he's he's trying to convince her that this is real and take the money and there won't be any problems. But he's calling you kind of yeah, a little bizarre. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. They, I was also a little curious because they made it back so quickly. I was on, under the understanding that they were going to go all the way out to Waterbury and use the bank out there because it wasn't the mom's primary bank. Oh. Okay. Um, they may have. I'm, I'm not sure what bank they actually went um, However, they were back uh, very quickly. So I'm not sure which Bank of America they actually did go to. Did he get the money? He did come home back to the house with the money. Uh, the mother, he and the mother walked in through the, the sunroom door back. And uh, he had the money in his hands in um, uh, all those things. Um, envelopes? The envelopes there. Money envelopes. Bank envelopes? Yeah. Like that said Bank of America? Bank of America. Okay. Yeah. How many do you think? Uh, four or five. Four or five? It was a stack of them. Did you actually see the money? I didn't actually see the money itself. No, just the bank envelopes. Okay. Um, I had actually reached for them and sort of you know, yanked them away from me and put them in this bag that he had been putting to you know, pods and ends of jewelry. Where'd you get the bag? From the, the mother's room, it was a uh, mother's like a purse, like a large purse. That was oh, so he had been dumping valuables in there. Yeah, or semi-valuable type stuff. And so when you reached for the money, he kind of pulled it back and put it in the bag without you really seeing it. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, there was also a weird conversation uh, when he had when he had called prior to getting back to the house. 
he, he was calling to let me know that he was on his way. And, uh, and I asked him, I was like, did everything go all right? And he sort of sidestepped the question. And then uh, I asked him, how much did you uh, did you get? And uh, he sidestepped that, that question as well. And I thought that was really odd. Like, you know, is he trying to, like, is he going to pass one on me and just take off from the mom and leave and leave me here a thousand by myself? So there was a lot of tension in the air when he did finally get out of the house. Okay. Then what happened to the bathroom? When we got back to the house, um, and uh, he put the money in the bag, um, he uh, sort of bluntly ordered me to <laughs> uh, retie mom uh, back. Uh, on the love seat in the living room. So I tied her feet and her, uh, her hands. Um, like we had always done, you know, throughout the day. Okay. Uh, we had then, he then pulls me to the side. Uh, we go into the dining room, which is on the other side of the house. And it says, uh, very matter of factly, okay, you're, you're ready. We gotta, we gotta kill them and burn the house down. I'm like, I'm not killing anyone. There's no way. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm not. There's, we have the money. There, there's not a problem. You know, they've done everything. They don't know who we are. They can't recognize us. Why did he want him killed? He was, a, he was upset with the fact that I had messed up and used his first name. Okay. Um, he was also going on and on about DNA. Um, Why was he so concerned about DNA? Did he have any sexual relations with anyone? Not to my knowledge. Um, if anyone had anything, if anyone had the most to worry about DNA, it would have been me. Um, but, you know, I wasn't worried about it because she had taken a job. Okay. Uh, so I don't know why he was so, like, up in arms about it. Okay. Um, so anyway, the, uh, Going, yeah, we're going back and forth about, um, he's like, well then, you know, I'll kill the two daughters and you can kill the mom. I was like, I'm not killing anyone. I was like, I don't know how to put it more matter of fact. There's, I'm, no one's dying by my hand today. There's, it's not going to happen. That's, I can't. You didn't want to kill anyone. I didn't want to kill anyone. Okay. Um, he, even with, I mean, even with the, the, the father, like, I, I couldn't keep it. I'm like, I just couldn't do it. You know, it's, that sound is just horrific. Like, I just, I, 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 it's not going to happen. And we kept going back and forth about it. And finally he was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll, I'll take care of all three of them. And, uh, he, He's been, he was walking around with these stockings uh, that he had, and we had to run out of rope at one point. Stockings as in women's stockings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he used those for, for rope. So he was walking around with a stocking, um, talking about how he was going to just strangle all, all three of the women. And uh, so he leaves to go into, I'm sitting in the dining room, the formal dining room, which is on the other side of the house, and he leaves to go into the living room where the mother is 
then after a couple minutes he goes back and then uh, over to the dining room where I am and then he leaves again and to the other end of the house and they head back and they head back and forth like you know, four or five times. What was he doing? What, what was he? It, it seemed like he was trying to like psych himself up or, or you know like to strangle the one. Yeah, to, to, to do what he felt he needed to do. Okay. Um, and I'm sitting there and like I'm, like beside myself, I'm like I don't know what to do. Like I. Where are you at this point? I'm uh, sitting in the, the formal dining room. And everyone else is upstairs except for mom and dad, who's in the basement. You're yeah. downstairs with mom and Steve. That's correct. Okay, so. um, I had a, I have a clear sh uh, view of the stairway, the front stairway that goes upstairs, um, and then you sort of go around the corner. Uh, you're in the kitchen, yep. and you go through the kitchen, and then you're in the living room where the mom was, and then of course, you know, the father was downstairs in the basement. Um, the fourth or fifth time that he had walked back into the room that I was in, that room. Um, he left again and was in there for like, like 15 minutes, like along with the mom. With, with the mom, yeah. And I'm assuming he's just still trying to psych himself up. And um, during which time, I hear this noise down in the basement. And and suddenly recognized it as the built door <laughs> that led to the outside. Which is where the dad was. Which is right where the dad was. And I yelled at the same time I jumped up, um, screaming to see that the father just took off. He has left. And um, was racing uh, towards the room that he was in. And uh, he was then coming back towards me, and as we're converging on the, the basement door, um, I could see behind Steve that uh, the mother was uh, laying lifelessly on the floor uh, with her head on the love seat, um, and her pants were down around her ankles. So she's, she's, in your opinion, lifeless. Her pants are down by her ankles, That's which they hadn't been at any time prior to Never, this. No. And did you check on her? Did you ask him what he did? No, because my primary concern at that point was the father taking off the basement door. What made you think she was lifeless? Um, her, her face was a deep, deep purple from the neck up, like bluish, purplish, like cool blood. Um, being an EMT, I've seen plenty of lifeless bodies, and I recognized the mother as being quite lifeless. Her tongue was also sticking out of her mouth. So uh, and, her, and her eyes were very bucked up. Her eyes were bucked up. So as your EMT experience tells you, what, what did you think occurred? I was, I was fairly confident that, that Steve had finally built up in the, uh, the nerve to, to strangle her. So at this point, you think she's strangled and dead, pants are down, so you... So I was making the assumption that he was, uh, had also the raped her. But you didn't actually see him strangle or rape her, but that's, that's your opinion right. of that's, that's my opinion. She's yes. definitely lifeless and, in your opinion, dead at this time. Yes. Now you both head towards the basement. Uh, he stops at the basement door and parks at me to run down there and check to make sure that he did, in fact, take off. Yeah. Uh, 
which I did. I went down there and, was, and sure enough, he had definitely uh, taken off out the back local door. So the father basically escaped the house at this point? That's correct. Okay. Did you chase him? No. Okay, go ahead. So I went back upstairs and told Steve that he's gone. We've got to get out of here right now. We have, we have to leave right this second. So on the upstairs, you mean the first floor where mom is already... That's correct. Yes. Motionless, lifeless. Yeah, and okay. we're in the, the dining room. And you want out? Yeah, we, we have to go now. There, there's no option. Okay. Um, you know, it's only a matter of minutes before he gets to the neighbor's, or seconds even, before he gets to the neighbor's house and the police are involved. And Steve's taking all this time you know, to, I don't know what he was thinking. He ends up taking the bag with money in it and you know, shoving it in my chest and tells me to go start the car. Okay. And I'm like, where's the keys, where's the keys, where's the keys? And he's like, I don't know, they're over there somewhere. And we're going back and forth, like, with our heads chopped off. And in the middle of that, he darts into the garage. Okay. Um, I turn around to keep looking for these keys. And um, I turn back around, um, and he's pouring a whole bunch of gasoline on the kitchen floor. And down the front hallway, which leads to the stairway. Now, Mom is in the living room at this point? Yeah, which is, like, right, like the kitchen floor is, like, the living room where the mom is is sort of like a sunken living room. Okay. Um, so it's kind of disconnected? Yes. In a way? That's correct. Did he pour gasoline in there where mom is? It, I believe it, I didn't see him pour gasoline on her, but uh, he, uh, there was certainly gasoline there. I mean, it reeked. You could smell it. Oh, yeah. It smelled like, you know, you light a cigarette like the place would blow. <laughs> okay, and then he goes and up the stairs? He then went up the stairs uh, with two bottles. Did you follow him upstairs? I, I did. I, I followed him up the stairs because I, I couldn't understand. Like, I was like, you can't seriously be, be contemplating burning these, these two girls alive. Mm. Like, that, it's unconscionable. Like, yes. That it's, it's unreal. It's bizarre. It's, it's completely unreal. It's just not what... You can't do that. It's, you just can't. And um, I was a little relieved, you know, not relieved, but that he had not poured it in the bedrooms, but he had poured it up the stairway, down the hallway, and into the master bedroom. And how do you know that? Because uh, he was walking out of the master bedroom, and you could see the, uh, the gasoline in the uh, carpet. Leading up to which bedroom? The master bedroom, which is in the back. Did you check this room? I, he... He walked out of the master bedroom, walked past me, back downstairs. I went to KK's room. Um, there was no gasoline in there. She was still in her bed. I, is she still alive? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Face is covered? Uh, yes. The both case was back over. Okay. Uh, but up enough so that she, yeah. she could breathe. Um, and I closed the door. And then I went down to the back towards the stairway and past the oldest daughter's room. Uh, she too was sitting in her room um, tied to her bed uh, like she was previously and I closed that door and I went downstairs. And she's still alive? Absolutely. Why did you close the doors? 
like, like, I can't imagine anyone being burned alive, you know, so I, I thought, yeah. I, I, I fucked up, you know, I, I got myself in this horrible position, but, you know, they did, a, they, they did what they were supposed to do. There, there's no reason for them to die, you know. They were compliant the entire way. They're both, you know, very bright young ladies. Even the mother shouldn't have died. She did. She went out of her way to, to be, you know, mm-hmm. compliant, you know, to the team. Like, with no no talk back, no, no nothing. And why is this happening? Like, I, I, I don't understand. This isn't the plan. We're supposed to just get the money and get out. Right. Period. They hadn't seen our faces. So when I fucked up, you know, and used her name, there's a million Steves in this world. You know, I thought it would buy some time, you know. When they're tied up, did you untie them? I didn't even think about untying them. Like, for for whatever stupid reason, like, it just didn't cross my mind. so you, I don't, I don't, you I don't knew they were tied, but you closed the doors and to buy them time, just to, in the hopes of buying them time. Yeah. And you didn't have time. I, I did not time. Uh, in retrospect, you know, I, I should have, but I mean, in retrospect, I shouldn't have even fucking been there in the first place. I know. Um, but, you know, I, I, I get downstairs and, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm yelling at Steve, we got it. It's already been five minutes now, you know. I'm confident, you know, there's, you know, an army of police officers right outside the door waiting to open fire on me as I open the door. You're pretty accurate. And, uh, and so I'm going straight for, for the back door. And Steve was, like, right behind me, you know. And I get out the back door, and I'm going towards the back corner of the house, which leads to the garage, the front side of the garage where the car's parked. And I turn around, and Steve's not behind me anymore. So now I'm backtracking back into the house, and as I'm doing that, I'm looking through the sunroom, and I can see in the neighbor's yard that there's somebody plainly sitting there in the bushes washing us. And I'm like, I was like, this isn't happening. <laughs> and once again, Steve's racing upstairs. He's racing upstairs. Up the stairs again. And you can see as him I'm from outside. No, I'm I'm walking into into the house. Oh, you're coming back in to see where he went. Yeah, I was like, where the hell did he go? And what's he doing? He's racing up the stairs. And what? I wasn't sure what he had at first until he comes racing back down the stairs and he throws one of the empty bottles into the kitchen. Empty bottles of of, of gasoline. Of gasoline. So he went back up with another with bottle another of gas. Another bottle of gas. So how many is that? Three or four? Four altogether. Okay, so he goes back up with the last bottle. That's correct. And what do you do with it? I wasn't up there, and uh, I'm assuming he was hoping that he was just pouring it into the office, because we didn't pour any gasoline, or he didn't pour any gasoline in in the office. You know, and we had to spend a lot of time sitting in the chairs in there. But he didn't pour any of the other two rooms initially either, correct? That's correct. So you don't know what he did with the last one? No, I, I can't say for sure what he did with it. Um, he didn't tell you? He did not say anything at all. And I'm I'm screaming at this point, we can get out of here. You know, this is madness. We finally race out, race out the door. Um, I have the key. I, I get into the car and I start it up. 
and as I'm starting it up, Steve, just coming around the corner, or no, let me backtrack, I'm sorry, um, before we race out of the house, um, he's stumbling with this oversized pack of matches trying to light one, Okay. and he gets through two of them, and none of them are lighting, and I keep telling him, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, and I can still see this person in the, in the grass watching us, Okay. and um, he finally gets one lit and like like flicks it. Yep. And it, I, I see it sail and it hits the, the puddle of gasoline that was sitting on the tile floor of the kitchen. And the entire kitchen just erupts. Yeah, and like a sea of flame. One match? Just one match lit? One, yeah, the, the third one that he tried. Okay, so um, two unsuccessful, the third one lights. The nice. third one lights and then nights the, the pool of gasoline in the kitchen. And it travels, like, briefly see it travel down the front hallway. Towards towards the, where the mother would be, or? No, towards where the stairway would be. Okay. Um, I was, I had already had my back turned and I'm running for the door because I knew that the couch that the mom was uh, dead against uh, was doused. And I'm thinking, in my mind, it's confined space, confined space with gas vapors everywhere. I'm thinking like, it was action movie like blow up with the windows, yeah. So I'm racing up the door and so I race around the corner. I jump into the car, and put the key in the ignition, I start it up. And uh, just as I started up, Steve comes running out and uh, jumps into the passenger side. And as I throw it in reverse, the vehicle in reverse, I hear crap siren. And I look in my rear view, and there's an unmarked car just pulling up and blocking the, the driveway, okay. um, which I proceeded to hit, hit the unmarked car, and it, this, when I hit it, it sort of jerked me, in which I jerked the wheel, and it sort of did this crazy arc up into the uh, backwards, driving backwards into the curb and up the grass and into bushes. Now at this uh, point, is the house fully on fire? Could you tell if the house is on fire? I wasn't even looking. You didn't know at this so point. Okay, so I, I could hear a fire alarm going off, okay. or a smoke detector uh, going off. Okay. I knew that was going to happen anyway because the kitchen was fully on fire. But when, when you left, the kitchen was actually in flames? Yes. Okay. The whole floor of the kitchen was in flames. So you back up, you hit the, you hit the unmarked, you're trying to flee. I got hung up in, in some bushes and I was trying to put it in drive and for whatever reason I just wasn't happening. Like I couldn't figure out how to drive anymore. Like I was just panic stricken and I didn't know how to drive. Like, I literally forgot how to drive and Steve grabs the, uh, the shifter and goes in drive and yells, pass it, and, uh, which I did. And, took off off the curb and onto the street and uh, and I'm looking around as it happens in like slow mo as I'm looking around there's cops everywhere and every single comes like trained like right at my head and I was like I'm gonna die today and they, they're going to, I'm going to prison for the rest of my life or I'm gonna die okay and then now you're you're, you're fleeing the scene in the car you're, you're driving the, the, the homeowner's vehicle that's true you already hit the unmarked, you go through the front lawn, you're headed up the street. Um, I, I come around like this little bend uh, the road, and there's two uh, 
Cheshire police cars, um, parked uh, at the barricade on the road. Yeah. Uh, and then in the center of that, uh, an officer uh, with a rifle uh, trained right on me. And then some other uh, officers off to the side. Did you try to run them over? Um, I wasn't trying to specifically run him over. I was trying to get you through. Stop. I wasn't stopping. I, was, I, I had to get through those police cars. There was no other way out. Did you hit the officer? I sure hope not. Okay. I don't know if you did or not. Okay. Did you get the cruisers? I certainly get the bruisers. Okay, I know what happened. Um, the airbags deployed. I, and, uh, it got really blurry for a little bit, and all I could hear, and like this distant echo was uh, hands out of the car, um, get out of the car, hands out of the car, come out slowly. Um, it, it sort of it felt like an eternity, but uh, it sort of slowly complied and got out of the car and laid down face, face down on the pavement. Did you say anything to the police officer? Um, there were a lot of questions being thrown at me. Um, and I was still like, uh, you know, what, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? Um, finally, um, one of the officers had finally gotten close enough where he was up, um, putting the handcuffs on. Yeah. And he asked me how many uh, people were in the house and who, if there is any other accomplices. He said there's absolutely no other accomplices, it's just me and him. And that there's uh, three people in the house, uh, one of which that I thought was dead. Um, referring to the mother? Referring to the mother, that's correct. Okay. Um, he again asked um, how many people are in the house or something to that effect. And I said, uh, two girls in the upstairs bedroom, uh, front-facing bedrooms, uh, and that they were still alive. Um, and then he got on the radio and called whoever he needed. So the house was on fire? Um, I, I didn't because I, I knew that he already knew because he was just, just talking to somebody or somebody was mentioning that to him on the radio um, and that's why I said the, the, the two front bedrooms they're the, the right there there's, there's two windows for each one the, the only two front bedrooms there so at that point you were you were, you were basically caught you you're detained that's correct we'll, we'll progress to here that you were transported here now um, once you got here I just want to reiterate the fact that I asked you early on, and I meant to mention this in the beginning of the tape, I asked you if you had any allergies, illnesses, or other influence of any drugs and or alcohol, and you stated you were not. You were not allergic to any drugs. No, I'm allergic to uh, aspirin. To, oh, you said aspirin, yeah. correct. And we provided you with lunch, and that was one of the reasons I was asking with McDonald's. Yeah. You had soda, yeah. coffee, um, cheeseburger. water, cheeseburgers. You've been provided use of the bathroom, correct? And this statement and the verbal statement and part of the written statement, all of that was voluntary and uncoursed by us. This is you're doing this of your own free will. Yes. Correct? I think the family deserves it. You know, they earned this. You know, I, I fucked up. 
Absolutely. And it's, you're absolutely right. Now, what's going to happen, Josh, is having said all that, um, this statement has been recorded, as you know, and it will be transcribed into typewritten form, um, after which you will be asked to read and sign the typewritten statement, which is your statement. Is that agreeable to you? Okay. Is there anything you want to add? You've kind of just said it that you, you screwed up and the family. It wasn't supposed to be like this. It was simply to go to the bank and we leave. And as far as as far as your statement, your statement's been truthful. That it's you know you're not saying you strangled anybody. You're not saying you you lit the match. You're not saying you poured the gas. Yeah. Obviously, you were there. You did all the other things like. You, you admit to assaulting the father. I, I, I did assault the father. You had sexual uh, contact with the daughter? Yes. Okay. No, but I, I, just I adamantly did not have any kind of uh, strangulation or any, any of that. You helped bind, bind him on, tie him up to the nights. I, I did. You admit freely to that? Yeah. Okay. Shut the door. And I didn't shut the doors and you know, I was hoping to buy them time. Uh, obviously. Because they were alive in the house. Obviously, I should have better. Okay. Thank you, Joshua. And uh, the time is now 6.28 or 18.28 in the military. And this concludes the tape statement of Joshua Kamasujewski.